Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. The Parting Shots Podcast is brought to you by Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Downloaded today, available for iOS and Android users in your app store. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio. We have another fine show for you. We'll get you ready for the college football playoffs with Bill Rabinowitz, Ohio State football beat writer for the Columbus Dispatch, and a former colleague of mine in Pennsylvania at the York Daily Record. The St. Rose women's soccer team is in the NCAA Division II National Championship Final Four. The Golden Knights will take on Grand Valley State at 11 a.m. Thursday in Pittsburgh. My guest is a sixth-year senior on the team. She played in the 2014 Final Four her freshman year. She overcame two knee surgeries and will get another shot at a national title. Please welcome St. Rose forward and midfielder and Burn Hills Boston Lake High School graduate Morgan Burchart. Morgan, thanks for coming on the uh, Parting Shots podcast, and congratulations. I mean, how excited are you guys uh, for the Final Four this uh, coming up this week? You know, we're very excited to be back out there. We're really looking forward to it, and we're hoping to bring home something special back to Albany. This is your second trip to the uh, the Final Four. I mean, how does it feel from the first time uh, when you went in 2014? Um, you know, it was a different group of girls then, so I'm just very happy to be back there leading the team this time. Um, I was a freshman the first time, so I was very fortunate to be with a bunch of national champions on the team at the time. And, uh, you know, now uh, the tables have turned, and, uh, you know, again, we're just looking to bring home something special. Yeah, we'll get into about your story at the St. Rose Soccer in a moment. But when did you realize th- that this year's squad was something special and that you had a chance to get to the, the Final Four to play for a national championship? Yeah, um, our chemistry on and off the field um, has improved tremendously over the years, especially with our senior class. Um, the maturity amongst all of us has grown immensely. And um, that being said, you know, just being so tight-knit, it really um, produces that type of chemistry that you need on the field to advance further. Um, yeah, you, you had to play the championship the, the, uh, last week, past weekend. You had to play the two games indoors because of the weather. I mean, how different was that to be playing the uh, – those uh, two important games indoors? Um, you know, we were fortunate to be inside, especially with, you know, the bad weather that's been happening in Albany. Um, it was nice to honestly be warm for a game <laughs> for a change. Um, <laughs> but we're very used to the Athens facilities. They're very great to us. Um, they're always provided to our needs um, and accommodate us in any way possible. So we're used to those indoor facilities. They're, they're great facilities. And, you know, we didn't really care where we had to play. We just knew what we had to do and get those W's in advance on. Yeah, let's talk about your career. I mean, you mentioned you played in the uh, Final Four in 2014 as a freshman. But then knee injuries uh, sort of uh, held you back for a couple of years. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk about going through that, the emotions, and what it was like. I mean, was there a point in your time there, you know, when you had the surgery it really didn't feel right after you had it and you had a sad of a second one. Was there any point you said maybe it's it's time to just, uh, you know, forget about it, focus on uh, my uh, academics and, you know, get a degree? Um, honestly, you know, it's a serious injury. A lot of athletes, they don't come off of it the right way. Um, however, I was always very determined 
to get back on the pitch and achieve some of my personal goals and also team goals. You know, my main one was to get a team back to the final four. And, um, you know, I was always constantly reminding myself of that throughout my rehab. You know, my coaching staff, I'm very thankful for them. They were always right by my side with anything that I needed. And, um, you know, without them as well as my parents, um, you know, they helped out tremendously, all of them, and I couldn't be more thankful. I mean, how's the knee feeling now? Obviously, he's got to be feeling good as you head into the, to the championship yeah, round here. Um, you know, no issues with the knee. Again, um, Dr. Arciero of UConn Health, uh, he really did a great job the second time around. And, um, you know, again, couldn't be more thankful for him as well. Do your teammates look up to you because you have had this experience playing in the Final Four? Because a lot, for a lot of these uh, players here, your teammates, this is the first time for them. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, they're definitely looking up to me right now. And, you know, I'm just basically showing them the ropes. That's what I've been doing um, pretty much my whole time here. But I have a little bit of experience at a Final Four. So, um, yeah, they're definitely looking for me to guide them throughout the process here. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's pretty special to be on the other end of it because I wasn't like that. Or it wasn't like that, I should say. My freshman year, I was the one who was looking around, always asking the questions. But now the tables have turned. Yeah, you're taking on a team in Grand Valley State, number two in the country. Uh, what do you know about them? They're always a very talented team. Um, <laughs> um, they're a very talented team. Sounds Sorry. like they're having sounds um, like they're having fun there on the bus. <laughs> yeah, we're at Chick Fil A now. <laughs> they're they're a very talented team. They're always very very good, and um, you know they have very talented players. I'm very excited to get another stab at them. You know, they uh, kind of took that dream away from me in 14. So to be matched back up with them, uh, it's kind of fitting for me. What do you think the key is going to be on Thursday morning when you play them? You know, we need to exploit their weaknesses and, you know, contain their strengths. And hopefully we can capitalize on our opportunities and contain them enough to uh, advance on. What would it mean to you to win a national championship? Oh, it would mean absolutely everything. Um, you know, when I was being recruited here back in 2012, um, it was right after they won the 2011 championship. And, um, you know, again, playing with all those girls, or a few of them, I should say, on that national championship team, it's just something that's always been talked about. And, you know, that we, we have coaches, you know, they always wear their rings, things like that. They always remind us of that time in Pensacola when they won. So to, to, to be able to bring back another championship to Albany and to St. Rose, um, it, it would really be a dream come true and a, and a really special ending to my athletic career. Uh, what's the future hold for you? Um, uh, Job-wise? <laughs> I mean, do, do you mean, exactly mean? I mean, I mean do you, you know, would you like to play I mean, soccer beyond this? Um, pro- you know, I, I think I'll probably hang up my boots. Um, however, you know, I do coach in the area, and I, I love coaching um, youth, youth girls. Um, I've really made an impact with them, and, you know, they've even made an impact on me. They're great kids. It's a great club. I'm happy to be coaching back with some of the coaches that, you know, I had at their age. Um, so that's really special for me as well. And that was also another opportunity that fell on my lap when I did tear my ACL. And I honestly think without coaching and being given that opportunity, you know, that, that really helped my recovery process and my head to be, you know, driven enough to come back again. Is it something you maybe like high school or college you would think about uh, looking into? Yeah, um, absolutely. I would love to land back at Burt Hills if I could and, you know, coach coach there if possible. But, um, you know, I would take, you know, whatever's handed to me or, you know, whatever I can try to achieve 
uh, you know, high school collegiate level um, as well as club. But you know, I, I do like to coach. I'd love to do that on the side of a full time employment somewhere. What is it? What is the buzz like around you know, your hometown in Burn Hills right now? Is it uh, everybody excited about this? <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, my um, coach Brian Bold, her Paul, they're always texting me. You know, they're always coming to watch games at Guthrie, so it's very fitting. I'm still very close with them after all these years. You know, it's it's great to have a relationship with all my coaches actually. Um, past that, you know, those four years that you play with them. I'm very close with all of my coaches, including, you know, even my club coaches. So I'm very blessed for that because not many athletes can say that. And I'm one of the few that can. And, uh, you know, I know everyone around Burt Hills, I've been getting texts, even my old principal messaged me. So it's, it's very special to me. Well, Morgan, uh, we all wish you the best, uh, you know, this week uh, when you can play the game Thursday and hopefully uh, a championship game a couple of days later. Good luck and uh, bring home that championship. Thank you so much. We'll try our best. Up next, I'll preview the college football playoffs with Columbus Dispatch Ohio State football beat writer Bill Rabinowitz. You're listening to the Party Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hi, this is Hunter Moffitt, founder and CEO of Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Our app is a community connecting like-minded athletes, families, and sports affiliates for their specific needs. Positive form of social media designed for long-term success. We have a template for users to easily curate, track, record, and grow their statistics and social multimedia content in one digital profile. Create, connect, and promote your brand. Think Instagram for athletes. Notable Trophy Case team members include Ron Jaworski, former NFL quarterback and founder of Jaws Youth Playbook, who says, Throughout my success in the sports world, I believe Trophy Case can bring value to many different levels of athletes and unrepresented sports. This platform will level the playing field for athletes at the beginning of their career with technology for generations to come. You can download the Trophy Case app at the Apple Store and Google Play. Send us your feedback. Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Get it today. Hey, pro football fans. It's time again to match which with other pro football fans and win a prize by playing the Daily Gazette's You Pick 'em football game sponsored by River Sportsbook. To play, go to dailygazette.com slash football and make your picks before the first game kicks off each week. If you have the most weekly points, you earn a $100 gift card to ShopRite. Play every week and you can win the grand prize of $1,000. Play the Daily Gazette's You Pick'em Football game, sponsored by River Sportsbook at dailygazette.com slash football. Back on the Pony Shots podcast, the college football playoff semifinals are set. Top seed LSU will take on fourth-seeded Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl, while number two-seed Ohio State faces number three-seed and defending national champion Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl. Those games will take place December 28th with the winners meeting for the national championship January 13th in New Orleans. My guest covers the Ohio State Buckeyes for the Columbus Dispatch, and we have a connection in that we work together at the York Daily Record down in York, Pennsylvania. Please welcome Bill Rabinowitz to the podcast. Bill, thanks for coming on, and it has been a long time, my friend. Yeah, nice to have, nice to be on with you, Tim. Yeah, it's great to be here. I mean, I was just thinking, uh, talk with you here, and I was thinking back to the time where we had that we moved to the new building. We moved back to the old building on Industrial Highway, and we had a play. You know, after hours playing wiffle ball, where the advertising department used to be. That would be supposed to be a lot of fun. Well, it was. It was. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, 
we did have a lot of fun in those in those daily record days. No question about it. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of good times. A lot of, you know, obviously a lot of you, you talent. You're one, one of the many talented reporters that came out of that, and you know, made good uh, with you know obviously now covering Ohio State for uh, Columbus. So let's get your thoughts on the um, LSU getting the top seed over Ohio State. Uh, was Ohio State trailing at halftime against Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game? Uh, while LSU dominated Georgia in the SEC championship, did that play a major role? It probably, you know, didn't help. It certainly didn't help Ohio State. I think Ohio State had dominated Wisconsin from the start. It would have been a much tougher decision for the committee. I think what I actually think what they were looking for more than anything from Ohio State was how LSU's defense had played against Georgia, and it played very well. And, and helped by Georgia, which I was, I was not impressed at all with Georgia. Well, I think that was kind of the thing that was holding LSU back. And I think the committee saw that their defense had played well the last two weeks and decided that that was enough to push them over Ohio State. But it was, to me, it was a 50 50 thing. I mean, obviously, Ohio State would have much rather played Oklahoma, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a, maybe a good news, bad news situation for Ohio State because I mean, I believe on the one hand, the top seed has never won the college football playoff, but on the other hand, the Buckeyes had to play the defending national champion. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, and obviously Clemson drilled uh, Ohio State 31 nothing three years ago, and that, that still is a memory for some of the players. Not many of them are the best on the team, but it's well. And at least the memory of them, they'll be able to feel what that feeling was like. And it was 31 nothing. and I actually started to rewatch the game today just to get a feel for it. I got through about the first quarter, and it really wasn't as bad as it seemed. I mean, the Ohio State missed two field goals early, they they... they it was a rush them just kind of making stupid mistakes. They had some injuries on the offensive line. Um, and then the defense eventually just kind of wore out. But it, it, this game is, is going to be a fascinating one because they're both really good teams. Clemson is a little bit more of a mystery than Ohio State only because they've just blown everybody away. The ACC is not very good. And Ohio State went through 10 games without being tested at all. But the last three games they were. And uh, I think that will help them if it gets to be a, a close game in the fourth quarter. But uh, you know, who knows? It's, you're talking about two really, really good teams. Yeah, I mean, to me, Clemson's been very impressive. I mean, you know, they've you know won national championship. I mean, they've you know basically been in except for one year in the championship game all these years. So the consistency is just amazing with the, with the Clemson. Yeah, and it wasn't that long ago. The Clemson was in a real world where people didn't you know kind of denigrate them by saying that they found a way to lose. And they would just kind of choke games away. Left. That's long, long uh, in the past, and. Clemson is, is the kings of college football right now. With Alabama slipping south, and uh, Clemson doing what they've done—it's—it's it's, they're they're the gold standard right now. And they've got a great quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. They've got a really good team. So, um, you know, so does Ohio State. So it's going to be interesting. With Justin Fields was the number two overall prospect in the 2018 recruiting class, and Trevor Lawrence was number one. So you've got those two guys, and uh, it's going to be—it's going to be a fun game. Yeah, I mean Ryan Day, and uh, you know, off to his terrific start as the Ohio State coach in his first year, he takes over for Urban Meyer. I mean, just watching Day from afar, he seems like to ha- he has an enthusiasm that maybe to me, and it's my opinion though, Meyer seemed to lack. I mean, you've been following the program for a long time, and uh, you wrote a book a few years ago called "The Chase: How Ohio State Captured the First College Football Playoff Back in 2015." Do you think Day is a breath of fresh air for the program? I do. I think, I mean, look, Urban Meyer's a Hall of Fame coach. He's won three national championships. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Despite what he has been, I think they had a list out today of the top 150 coaches, and he was on number 46 or something. I'm like, that's laughable. Um, 
you know, I think he's a top 10 coach. But uh, I think by the end, you know, Obermeyer is such a hard driving guy, such an intense guy that he just kind of wears people down. Uh, and I think that, that seven years for anybody is a long time in this business. And so I think the team has responded very well to Ryan Day's kind of more relaxed personality. And he's still hyper-competitive. Some of the stuff doesn't change. It's it's still a program based on toughness and based on hard work and all that stuff. But it is there's a kind of a professional way of putting it that they can feel like they can exhale a little bit and they don't have somebody breathing down the neck all the time. Uh, other buyers' methods were placing him. And I think after seven years, I think the team has responded well to a new voice. Yeah. What do you think Ohio State is going to have to do to neutralize uh, Clemson quarterback uh, Trevor Lawrence? Just play their game. Uh, Ohio State's really talented. They're, they're really good at all three levels. Defensive line with Chase Young, linebackers, Bobby Harrison is probably the best of them. And they've got four, four uh, seniors in the secondary, four guys who are going to probably be in the NFL next year in the secondary. So it's, it's, it, I don't think you have to do anything crazy. Just play the way that they can play. And, uh, you know, nobody scored more than. 20, well, Michigan scored 27, but it was a little misleading. But um, nobody's kind of gone up and down the field on Ohio State. Wisconsin did in the first half, but that was, they clamped down. Ohio State's uh, got really good coaches. They, they make adjustments during the game. And uh, I just think it's it's a, it's a battle of, of heavyweights. And, and uh, anyone who says for sure that we're going to win them, I think, <laughs> I wouldn't listen to them. Yeah. yeah, conversely, what's the offense going to have to do to penetrate the Clemson defense? Well, I think the biggest thing is they have to protect Justin Fields. The one thing that's been a little bit, sprung a leak a little bit lately is the pass protection. Justin Fields wants to make a play, and he, and he can trust his legs, although he's got this strong knee that, that three weeks of rest should help. Um, I think that's the big thing. They can run the ball. Uh, if they can't run the ball, they're going to trouble, but they run the ball against everybody. It's a very good offensive line. I think that's a fascinating matchup. Clemson lost some of their... You know, Big time studs off that defensive line last year, but they're still good up front. So uh, I think that's that's going to be a huge test for for both teams. I mean, looking at that other semifinal, there's two outstanding quarterbacks going to be in that game: LSU's Joe Burrow, Oklahoma's Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts has won a national championship with Alabama. I mean, how do you see that game playing out? Yeah, I I think I mean LSU has the advantage; they have a better defense. Oklahoma's defense. Uh, you know, it's at times looked like it's gotten a lot better. Alex Lynch was in Ohio State last year as the defensive coordinator, and and at times they look good. Other times, not not good at all. Uh, I watched the Baylor game, and I, I just was amazed that Baylor was hanging in that game. It just looked like Oklahoma should have just taken control of that, and it didn't. Um, Jalen Hurts is really talented, but he's also terrible talent. He makes mistakes. He can't do that against LSU. Joe Burrow, obviously, I know from, from his Ohio State days, it's, he's been remarkable. He's going to win the Heisman on Saturday. Uh, they look like, I think there are three great teams in California. Uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm <laughs> a minority opinion either. I think LSU and Ohio State and Clemson are the three best teams, and then everyone else is, is after that. And so uh, that's why the number one season is And LSU got it. And, you know, I don't think Oklahoma is a pushover. Because when you have an offense like they've got with Hurts and C.D. Lamb, it's not going to be a gimme. But I, I certainly like Yellowstone in that game. I love Ed O'Dron. He's, he's, he's a coach 
it's just like he sounds like he smokes three packs of cigarettes a day with his voice. And he's, he's just enthusiastic. And, you know, obviously he always ends his interview with Go Tigers. What, what is he? I don't know if you had a chance to talk with him or anything. What What do you think of at, at Ogeron at LSU? Yeah, I've never talked to him. <laughs> he looks like out of a cartoon, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you say? see in New Orleans on January 13th? I have no idea. I would feel as strong as the LSU. Uh, we live in the other semifinals. Like I, like I said, I, I, first of all, I haven't really delved into Clemson in enough to know how much is the ACC being down and how much is them being great. So I don't, I've not done any kind of, uh, kind of opposition research yet. So until I do that, I, I really don't feel confident in anything. But I think that that is awesome. Yeah. Um, finally, I mean, we, it took a long time for us to get to the, uh, college football playoff, get a 14 playoff. Do you foresee it expanding to eight anytime soon? I kind of hope it does. Uh, it wasn't kind of a reason to further it. The five, power five conferences, the, the best group of five teams, is just going to be Memphis and then two at largest. And if that were the case, then you would have, uh, Oregon in it, and then you would have, uh, uh, Memphis, Oregon, and then it would be, um, you know, that, that's the to be. <laughs> would it be Wisconsin? Would it be Penn State? Would it be uh, Georgia? Would it be possibly Alabama? Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. But if they ever go to that, what I hope that I just is kind of the part of the formula too is that the first round games, the quarterfinals, be played at the home site of the higher ranked team. Uh, that that'd be great to have. Ohio State hosts Alabama, for example. Ohio State, you know, have these SEC teams have to play in the elements, which they never have to do, really. I mean, it can be some low loss, but doesn't, they never have to deal with, with the stuff that the Big Ten teams have to deal with in, in November. I mean, Ohio State, for example, looks great. It looks great in September and October because the weather was fine. Then you get to October, November, and you got to play at Michigan or you would have to go to Wisconsin some years. And it's a completely different game. It's 20 degrees. It was a game in 2014. I had to go to Minnesota. It's 15 degrees. It was miserable. I'd love to see an SEC team try to deal with that. Um, and, and you have to have a different kind of team. If you don't to probably play your biggest games in those elements. You've got you to be uh, have a run game. You've got It's just build your team differently when you know that that's what you've got to do. So it'd be great to see some of these teams and don't really have to deal with the weather conditions, have to deal with them. That'd be, that'd be part of the allure of an 18 playoff. And it would probably kill the Bulls, those all, all those meaningless bowl games, in which we, I think a lot of people would be saying, that's thankful, let's get, get rid of some of these bowl games that really don't have – you're getting teams like 6-5 and five and playing each other. It's like, who cares? Exactly. And, and I think a lot of those teams, honestly, at least their athletic departments, would prefer not to play them because they lose money. Most of these teams that go to these lesser holes, they lose money on the Now they do it for the prestige and they do it as a reward for their players, so in that way it's worth it. But it's not, it, it, this is essentially just late December television programming. 
programming to fill the void. And, and, you know, is that the best use? Uh, if, so an 18 playoff means that you trim off some of these bowl games that nobody would even know what they are. I mean, I couldn't tell you what the teachers are having Is that such a bad thing? Uh, make them, maybe uh, you have to be 7-5 and five to go or 8-4 even. Of six and six, like it is now. It's almost hard not to get to a bowl game because these Division One teams play. They, they load their non-conference schedule with cupcakes, so you kind of start off three and zero. And yeah, to me, spinning the herd when it comes to bowls would be perfectly fine. Of course, the although we end up killing off. We know it's not called that anymore, but the pool and the weed eater bowl is still that's a classic name. I, I, I would maybe oh, one of these days. <laughs> Yeah, Astro Blue Bottle Bowl. I remember yep. growing up as a kid. Yeah, I did. And that was always the that was the, the stand for the Astro Blue Bottle Bowl. That was the, that was the highlight. Yep, I remember that well myself. Yeah, Peach Bowl was always played on New Year's Eve, and it's obviously there's other things changed around. But that was back then. The bowls were a little more meaningful. You had few, and but now you have you have so many. It's just like you can't keep track of who's what bowl and who's playing who and those these bowls. So. Maybe so. Maybe one day we'll see the eighteen playoff. Okay. So, well, Bill, where can uh, listeners find you on social media? I'm on Twitter at br dispatch. Just by dispatch, you can read uh, my stuff and all of my stuff at the dispatch at buckeyextra.com. D c k e y e x t r a dot com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. Same thing, buckeyextra.com. Extra, I just did. And maybe once in a while, I'll catch you catching a uh, covering a Columbus Blue Jackets game. Well, Bill, it's great uh, catching up with you. Thanks for coming on. Give my best to your wife, Erin, and uh, happy ho- holidays, and uh, we'll chat soon. I appreciate that, Ken. Same to you. Thank you, Bill. That's Bill Rabinowitz of the Columbus Dispatch, back to wrap up the podcast, which is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify in just a moment. Hi, this is Daily Gazette News columnist Sarah Foss. Once again, I'll be going head-to-head with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott with my weekly NFL picks and defending my championship. Go to dailygazette.com slash blogs and look for my picks on my Thinking It Through blog. You can find Ken's picks at dailygazette.com slash sports. Back to wrap up the podcast, and as Sarah said... Look for her NFL picks along with mine at dailygazette.com. We both went 10 and 6 in week 14. Sarah is 134 73 and 1. I am 132 75 and 1. Also, look for my blog on NFL TV covers this week. You can find it at dailygazette.com slash sports slash parting shots. If you're a college hockey fan, Look for my weekly ECAC Hockey Faceoff selections at dailygazette.com slash sports slash parting shots. You can participate in the faceoff selections by emailing your picks to me at shot, that is S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. 
Union Hockey beat writer Mike McAdam joins me on the next College Hockey-centric podcast on Friday, December 13th. We will discuss Union split of last weekend's games against Brown and Yale, plus Coach Rick Bennett's decision to take away the C's from defenseman Vascolius and goalie Darian Hansen. If you have questions about Union Hockey, Mike and I will answer them. Send your questions a shot at dailygazette.com. That wraps up another edition of the Party Shots podcast. I'd like to thank my guest, St. Rose women's soccer player Morgan Birchhart, and Columbus Dispatch Ohio State football beat writer Bill Rabinowitz. The Party Shots podcast is brought to you by Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Download it today. Available for iOS and Android users in your app store. The Party Shots podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Party Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Gazette newspapers. The Party Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Shot. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Party Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day. Good sports.